Hi, I'm Rob Vanstone, and welcome to the latest Leader Post Rider Rumblings video podcast. I think I got that title right. Uh, and first I don't time know, for everything. First time for everything. I don't know what week this is. It's somewhere in the teens. Uh, exactly. I am joined by the incomparable Murray McCormick, wearing black in order of Chris Jones's erstwhile wardrobe. I think we, as both, am I. we both are wearing black today. We're kind of wearing Chris Jones's colors. Maybe and so. in tune with his football allegiances, Chris Hodges, a Winnipeg Blue Bombers fan and, and a right-thinking Blue. Winnipeg Jets fan, uh, is with us. Erst, uh, erstwhile CTV sportscaster. And uh, now in the exciting field of communication, I don't know if I have a business card that's large enough for all of that stuff underneath the underneath the name like that. A husband, but, father, but yes, hockey dad, all around good guy, all rink, around good guy. Rink food, rink food connoisseur. Oh, yeah, funny you mentioned that. Rink yeah. burgers of the prairies coming out again. If yeah. I can use your podcast to plug my camp, my, my by all means, my yeah. uh, uh, social media endeavors, uh, traveling around from small town to small town. And while you're there, what better way to pass the time than to sample the fairs. And there are some tremendous rink rockets yes. in the province of Saskatchewan. And for those who, who followed along last year, uh, we got a chance to check out Kalonze and Rolo and various and assorted other small towns throughout the province. Well, uh, Annie's playing hockey again this year, so Rink Burgers of the Prairies will be firing up here in a couple of weeks. Do you, have, Sorry, Sorry, do you have hamburger soup out there too? Oh, uh, Milestone yeah. Milestone <laughs> does the hamburger soup. or oh. I'm sure there are others. Yes. Milestone is is a leader in in food fair in the uh, in the small town commissaries. The wow. Yorkton Terrier Double Burger. I look like this for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Feral Agencies Arena Double Burger mm-hmm. is one of the great food experiences of all time. And once upon a time, the Moose Jaw Civic Center hamburger oh, was, was so good. And then yep. not anymore. No, no more to, Civic Center, no more good hamburgers and Moose Jaw. I used to go out of my way uh, when I was the CTV sports guy. I used to go out of my way to do one or two periods out in Weyburn. So as soon as the, the, clock, the six o'clock cast would be done, Jump in the truck, fire out to Weyburn, go to the Coliseum, catch a couple of periods of the Red Wings game, run into Ronnie Rumble along the way, which of course is always uh, worth the price of admission, and get one of the finest rink burgers in all of the prairies at the Coliseum. And not for professional sports concession prices, where you're paying like $98 for the bun if you want a hot mm-hmm. dog. So good mm-hmm. prices too. Yeah. Why are we here? Stomach rumblings. This is because you call the oh, stomach rumblings yes. uh, podcast. Uh, we're <laughs> here to... There's some good stomachs here to rumble, that's for sure. <laughs> we need a wide angle lens for this one. Hey, uh, I follow along in, in great uh, anticipation of your your food frenzies when you're on the road. Oh, thank I you. I love it's, that. It's a uh, pure pleasure. It's all mine. Too. Yes, yeah. yes, I'm sure it is. No kale involved. Yes. Uh, um, <laughs> starting now. It's kale season. <laughs> and now for the bad segue of the week. The riders certainly provided some food for thought on oh. Sunday, defeating the Winnipeg Blue Bombers 31-23 before 33,350 spectators at Mosaic Stadium. <sighs> Nothing uh, wanting from that meal, though. <laughs> <laughs> it was a... Uh, Two teams going in different directions, it seems. That was the storyline going in, and I think that's the storyline coming out of it. Uh, what, what were your thoughts initially, Mer? Once again, trying to figure this team out, you come up come up short. We kind of thought Winnipeg might be, be able to bounce back a little bit after their struggles, but I think the Riders got to get full credit for the win. You know, they struggled a bit in the first half, but they came on in the second half with a great defense. Zach Claris played pretty darn well, you know, for where the offense goes. What an amazing defense, a special teams unit. And they've been doing their 3 and 0s without Daron Carter because we've got to get his mention in early. So, ding, ding, <laughs> ding. On ding. the board. That's the end of the Daron Carter mentions, but they are 3 and 0. And soon as that offense catches up, we're going to be talking, we're going to be talking the whole playoff game for sure. 
I does, think... does the offense need to catch up, though? I mean, the one oh, thing yeah. you see about the Riders is it's a, it's it's a standout defense, arguably the best in the league. Special teams has been getting accomplishments uh, done and on the board. They're actually, you know, not only are they are they winning the field possession, you know, the flipping fields, but in this particular case, they got the 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 touchdown return on the on the kick. Do you need to have the solid offense to get it done? I've been banging that drum for several weeks and uh, <laughs> not in with any great rhythm or effectiveness lately. It stands to reason, given that this is the Canadian Football League and a reputedly wide open league, that at some point you're going to have to be able to win a shootout. And it's been disproven so far because the defense puts the riders in position to win, as do the special teams. And you can have average to below average contributions from that offense and still come out ahead. But I keep looking, perhaps erroneously and perhaps too obstinately, at at some point they are going to need to be able to win the CFL. There's some sort of 44-41 coming your yeah, way. There's, I mean, it's the CFL. There's got to be. And if that, what if that's a big game? And what if they mm-hmm. can't win that game with the with that the arsenal that they have at their disposal? There's questions about every team every year. That's the one that is still eating at me because I don't think there's much to debate about the prowess of the special teams or the defense. It's can they win with that offense? Can they win while having a Trent Dilfer style mentality? Didn't you like the way they kind of close the deal though on the offensive? That touched on a thick pin and that big play to JW, or Jordan Williams Lambert and then you know, those are two pretty big offensive plays. Absolutely. Like, you know, in the fourth quarter, you know, two touchdowns, kind of a rarity around here. So maybe they're coming back. Maybe they're starting to, to do this stuff like we leave there always saying, what if ever the offense could do anything? Well, maybe the offense did something there in that game and they won it for him. So maybe there is something coming on there. Maybe we're going to see some of these. And I just love it how we all, everyone gives up on the riders in July and August. And then somehow Chris Jones comes out in September wearing green and he's leading this team that now they're, mm-hmm. they're in the talk. You know, there'll be the power rankings that'll be up there and all that stuff. And something's changed since. This team's changed a lot. I think the other part, too, is that when you're talking about effective offenses, it's not necessarily points on the board in, in as much as in that fourth quarter, the Riders had a couple of sustained drives that yeah. eight clock time. You know, I mean, how many times have you seen in the past where you get the four, to the fourth quarter and your ineffective offense is so ineffective that it's two and out, two and out, two and yeah. out, and that gives the, the other team the opportunity to either climb back in or take the lead or stretch the lead. Well, the Riders, in this particular case this weekend, I mean, the Bombers were looking for something to yeah. try and get things going and the riders just uh, the rider offense never never gave it to him didn't necessarily score the points that you're looking for but kept the bomber offense off the field can a sustained drive lead to sustained success Ooh, Ooh. there's there's a lead for you there's a lead eh? (laughs) well even that game in bc where the offense after the second quarter did so little but late in the game they i think they put together three consecutive first downs they hit an important pass to Mm -hmm. Naaman roosevelt and that didn't result in any points but it consumed clock and it tilted the field for sure is that all they need to ask of this offense? Can you can you can you get by with that for the entire year, or is there going to be is there going to come a point where, let's say, Bo Levi Mitchell gets really hot as he's like? Haven't they played to... all their West Division games though? Like played a, a substantial number of them already. But let's say you're in a playoff game, yeah. and suddenly Bo Levi Mitchell heats up, Mike Riley heats up, the defense has an off day. Can this offense? match you know fight fire with fire what the heck i'm going to say yes that's how that's how happy i am this labor day week (laughs) break between games last week i would have said no no way now i think yes i think there was enough shown by this offense on the weekend that has me kind of optimistic for one week maybe two but 
your bombers. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it, it's funny. It's it's amazing the number of times you, you talked about it off the top, where you got two teams that are sort of you know passing each other in the hallways. They're on on their way to different rooms, and and it's been like that for a number of years at, at the Labor Day and and the you know the following weekend in Winnipeg, is that invariably this is you know when you look at the schedule, all the games are are equal in terms of what they're worth in the standings. But the reality is that this this home and home set between the Bombers and Riders almost always decides the overall fate and fortune of of the respective teams uh and and it's you know it's always very difficult for two teams to for a team to win twice particularly in you know on a short week um there's not a lot of opportunity to to inject new things either offensively or defensively so you've got fresh film good film that the teams can go off of and and it's it's difficult to try and to get you know to get both wins and as much as Regina is a hostile environment for the Bombers when they come here. I mean, the road is paved in both directions. You know, Winnipeg is no <laughs> Winnipeg is no picnic. Uh, you know, for the Riders and their fans when they come in. But the reality is, I, I think you saw enough from the Riders this weekend to suggest that they will take both halves. As much as that pains me as a <laughs> longtime season ticket holder growing up on the East Side Zoo in the old Winnipeg Stadium. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see enough from the Bombers. To, to you know to to give me the indication that they're going to come back with any fantastic uh, outcome their way this weekend. So who do you think they should start? I'm not saying it's not going to be anybody else by Matt Nichols, but do you think they should make a big change and bring on Streveler? Well, you know Streveler's body of work is so limited, and, and again, it's I mean it's you know you, you you can't really make a fair assessment until you give them a broad uh, you know spectrum of opportunity. But is this the time of the year where you want to say, okay, Matt Nichols, thanks for everything you did to this point? I mean, the Bombers are still in it. You know, everything's still very fluid in the in the in the in the division, and and even with you know the the possibility and prospect of a crossover. I mean, everything's still very much up for grabs. And I think until you're effectively eliminated mathematically, you got to go with your ace. And, you can't and make that change now. No, you no. can't. You, I mean, you know, go back five weeks, you know, five weeks ago and, and, and the, the troubles that the riders were having at quarterback and everyone yeah. was, you know, calling for Brandon Bridge and, oh, you got to give him a chance. Oh, you got to... Well, you know, as soon as Caleros came back, I mean, Caleros was their ace. And, and as much as, you know, Brandon Bridge's time may come, I think the same might be said for, for Strebler. I mean, I, I think he's the future of the organization for the Bombers. I think if Matt Nichols doesn't put together a, a good stretch down the stretch, that this may very well be the end of his of his run in Winnipeg, but not this week. Can we talk a little defense? Because, boy, it's fun to watch. Isn't it, though? Isn't that just like, you always think, okay, Charleston Hughes is going to come out of nowhere and comes out of nowhere to get another sack. Mm-hmm. 13 sacks. Before. He does it against Stanley Bryant. I know, he's not. And I was trying to think, I'm trying to think of the sacks. And, you know, I was trying to think of who's the great defensive ends. And Charleston Hughes is going to just obliterate all that kind of thought. Mm-hmm. Ed Ganey's pick. He had 10 last year. I don't think there was one better than the one he had against the Blue Bombers. He climbed the ladder and he got up there and got... It was a, such a key moment, too, when they're trying to think they're kind of come back. And they looked confused on that play. And he bailed out the rider defense. They were all pointing oh. and, where do we go? What do we oh, do? Absolutely. And Ed Gainey yeah. just took over that play. Yeah, yeah and, he, and, I, and I don't think I don't think people really you know give it enough in, in terms of its credit for if he doesn't make that play, if he doesn't make the pick yeah. and the bombers and, and the pass is complete, there is nothing but clear sailing ahead. I I, I mean that well, was a, that was that was a, a substantial gain. A lot coming. of his last year in that position he broke outside of the ball and the guy if he had made the pick the guy was gone. Yeah it's an all or nothing play. He's kind of that gander gambling kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But if Ganey starts playing like that Playing like he did last year, because even he admitted people have been kind of questioning what he's been doing this year, kind of wondering where he was and that stuff. But when you're the best defensive back on the best receiver, you're not going to get a lot of balls thrown at you. True. So the opportunities are fewer for Dead Ganey than 
Mm-hmm. It might have been for someone like, I don't know, who President Butler seemed to be. Oh, he's better now. <laughs> no, I mean, it's not like Ed Ganey had been playing badly. And when they were throwing ball, there were a couple of plays where you had to put the ball exactly where it had to be in order to beat Ed Ganey. Sometimes it was just a matter of the throw being, yeah. you know, needing to be perfect. And, uh, you know, Ed Ganey had six interceptions at this juncture last year. But he'd only had interceptions in, four in, one game. in two games. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, he had his 10 picks in six different games last year. Mm-hmm. So it, was, it wasn't like he was a week-to-week factor when it came to interceptions. No, and he's, he's only one game with an interception behind last year's pace. And he's a streaky player. I mean, in, in as much yeah. as, yeah, he's, I mean, people are making the, the comparison that, oh, yeah, he had six last year. He's only got one. Uh, there's nothing to say that he's not going to get four or five in the next two or three exactly. weeks. Yeah. And I know I'm, gonna, I'm taking over your role as that, but let's talk special teams. Zach Evans, a block punt, barely remembered in that point. Kyran Moore, one of the best returns for Christian Jones goes down, and you think there's a guy they can't do without, and mm-hmm. Kyran Moore steps up and gives him a 65-yard touchdown return. Special teams. And the award. kick coverage? Kevin kick. Fogg was totally bottled yeah, up the entire game. It's just, so their two of their three are, are beyond exemplary. Well, they're, they're championship caliber mm-hmm. phases of the game, and the other one's maybe playoff caliber is that can you say that <laughs> you just did yes i can i can say whatever i want can i we'll just uh, bleep it out at the end yeah <laughs> what do you like uh, as far as as uh, how it sets up this weekend do you see just uh, look at that everyone's s- taking over rob's job. a similar <laughs> a similar setup for the the way the game unfolds this weekend well i i'm picking the rough riders to win but i've been wrong on them so consistently this year that that might be a, a bad omen for them I'm not writing off Winnipeg just yet, having said that, because I've, I've seen this happen too often. Yeah. I mean, um, 1995, the Riders beat Winnipeg 56-4 to and then lost 25-24 in Winnipeg the next week. Mm-hmm. It, it can be that that goofy. So mm-hmm. you just, this thing, this, this, it can turn from one venue to the other. Andrew Harris can make, if he plays like he did in the first half, I think he was hurt in the second half. I remember when he hurt his shoulder. I think that might have been early in the second half. And then they put Keenan LaFrance in and he fumbles. Andrew Harris getting hurt was pretty key. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so I think if Andrew Harris can play the whole game, I think it's a whole different game. I know the Riders have a great run, arguably first or second in the league, but Andrew Harris chewed them up in that first half. Oh, for sure. And I love watching Andrew Harris run the ball. I think there's no one... When he's doing it, it's just fun yep. to watch. Yeah, but. he hits hits the hole hard, and, yeah. and he can he can make the little shimmy moves he's to the fast, outside yeah. if he needs to. Yeah, absolutely. I look absolutely. at the Bombers, and I, I don't think that their receiving core is helping Matt Nichols a great deal. It's not the kind of receiving core that, that I think they were counting on having. If they get Weston Dressler back, it would give him a receiver that is very reliable, very smart, yeah. can find all sorts of holes, can take advantage of uh, mismatches, I just wonder if the Weston Dressler, Dressler factor uh, will work in the Bombers' favor should he return this weekend. How many mm-hmm. drops did they have? Did you check? Oh, there geez. was a lot of them. Like yeah. more, and you're going, poor, as much as you can feel sorry for a Bomber on Labor Day game, poor Matt Nichols. No, sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was, he didn't have, yeah, you're right. That's a very good point, Rob. I commend you on that for noting that. You're you know, right. it's, uh, they've got Darvin Adams, obviously a weapon. Tompkins looked okay. He had the touchdown, but mm-hmm. they've had better receiving cores than that in Winnipeg. Yeah. Nick Dembski wasn't really a factor offensively, noted notable mostly in special teams. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I find that the rider receivers do a better job of, of, particularly in zone coverage, they find the seams a little bit better than the bomber receivers. Yeah. Roosevelt, I think, is one of the best at just sort of finding that little, you know, if I'm here, I'm open, but if I'm here, I'm not. And, and he's a great, I think he's one of the best in the league at finding that little 
little window where when all three of the defenders converge from their zones, no one's going to get to the ball. Well, and, and it helps that you've got a guy like Calaris. I go back can, to that Saturday before the season started when they cut all the veterans, Owens and Bag and Grant, and you wonder where are they going to go with the receivers. And here they are in September. they got Shaq Evans. they got yeah. Jordan Williams-Lambert. they got Kyran Moore, three young guys who have stepped up. And maybe Chris's comment that, unfortunately, this is not it's not a young man's game anymore. These young guys have stepped up, and it's kind of making that Black Saturday maybe – Maybe they knew what they were doing. Is well, that possible? <laughs> they certainly did in the case of Jordan Williams-Lambert. The Riders don't have a touchdown from anyone playing wide receiver this year. Ten yeah. games into the season, and they don't have a touchdown. But someone have... lined up at wide receiver. When Deron Carter scored his touchdown, mentioned number two, he was playing <laughs> slot Ding. back. How do you not get a touchdown from a wide receiver Well, first off, one games of the, 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 the boundary, the, the, the field Canadian receiver, Josh Sanford, doesn't really seem to get the ball. Every yeah, but there's another out. one. Yeah, the, I'm trying to think. <laughs> how do you? How does that not happen? They could have had uh, Shaq Evans for a touchdown uh, a week earlier, and that yeah. didn't, or two weeks earlier, and that didn't. Mm-hmm. They they just misfired. But they need that receiving core still isn't but what it was last they're, year. Their deep passes are the slot backs down the down the center of the field, though. So isn't that kind of work to the other way too? Well, know. it's 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 all right. It's but a quibble. You, last year they had. They led the league in touchdown passes, and they had three 1,000-yard yeah. receivers. They're not going to have one 1,000-yard receiver this year unless Jordan Williams-Lambert keeps stays on the arc. What a that find, he's eh? What a, that's just, and it's funny that Jack keeps saying he catches with his hands, and I keep thinking, well, did he catch with his feet? <laughs> no, but Remember B.K. Williams? I know, but I was watching. He caught with his spleen. When I was watching the game, he and I was watching all the games on the weekend, he is a guy who catches with his hands, and then he moves on, and I think, well, well, it seems such an obvious thing to do. It's like, do you play hockey with a stick? Yeah, of course. Just, he's just a fun guy to watch. And mm-hmm. he's one of those guys, I remember I was in the rookie camp or the mini camp in Bradenton, and him and Kyron Moore stood out, Nick Marshall stood out. And I know people question Chris Jones for having all these hundreds and hundreds of training camps and trial camps. Here's three guys that come out of their shotguns that have come out of those camps. So regardless, what is, is four guys coming out of those camps work, make them worthwhile having? I guess they're proving the proofs in the pudding, mm-hmm. to say. That. Isn't that an astute observation? Putting another foodie reference from William McCormick. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's funny when you talk about absence of touchdowns from the wide receiver. It, it, to me, it's it's uh, and I say this as as the token bomber fan. <laughs> Ding! I'm keeping my own yeah. score tally over here. Is that it's funny to me that five weeks ago you're you know the riders rider nation is just clamoring for any sort of level of success. Now you want style points. Oh, yeah. You know now you want it on your terms, right? Like oh yeah. That's called the winning streak in yeah. Saskatchewan. Oh, exactly. Three-game winning streak. And now it's like, well, you know, yeah, we can get our wide receivers more involved in the offense. Yeah, like, that's exactly <laughs> what but At some point, it, it, you just look at that receiving core, and it's not what it was last year. And arguably, it's not what it needs to be for a team to, to enjoy success in the playoffs. That's... Their leading pass catcher doesn't have 500 yards, and yeah, we're no. talking and 10 games into the year, and he's a rookie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was an encouraging sign to see Naaman Roosevelt, uh, yeah, them getting Naaman Roosevelt get, yeah. get involved. Uh, that was huge for them, because I don't think Naaman Roosevelt is any less of a receiver than he was one, two, or three years ago. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. don't think that they there was the same ability to get him the ball and, and the same type of respect shown to other members of the receiving core that would allow Naaman Roosevelt to escape double coverage. And he right. had a tremendous game on uh, on on Sunday. And How many that's, catches that's did he make in coverage? Like not with guys on him. That's, I was impressed. That's the name in Roosevelt. And he's, and overlooked, I know you're talking about that. And I know Chris, 
He's also the leader in the locker room. He's the oldest receiver. Mm-hmm. He's taken on that kind of role. He takes out the guys that go out for dinner together. He organizes things. He's stepped up in that kind of role, which is which isn't as easy to do until you get the respect of the guys. And he does have the respect. And I think he's doing showing it on the field and he's showing it away away from the field, which is helping these young receivers adapt to the life in the CFL. They were all out for dinner on Saturday night, the whole group of them. Even Travis Moore, the receiver coach, was there. So it's kind of good to see that kind of camaraderie and and, and, and you know, closeness amongst the receivers. I always Maybe think that's it, why they won. I always I think know. it's 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 interesting when you have a change at the quarterback position as well, too, because the dynamic of of kind of the social interactions within the dressing room is going to change in the sense that Roosevelt may not necessarily be any less of a receiver, but for whatever reason, he him and Calaris may not just be on that same kind of level of of you know there's a kindred spirit thing that kind of exists you know every 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 centerman has a favorite left winger and mm-hmm. and it, it has nothing to do with not necessarily anything to do with skill it just has to do with just a, a you know a, a certain je ne sais quoi as it were and and it's entirely possible and i i have, yeah. I have no no empirical evidence one way or the other but it's entirely possible that you know Calera's coming into the room maybe just gets on better with and i don't say this in a negative way i'm, I'm yeah. not at all but but there's just he might just he might just mesh with Williams Lambert in a in a different way than he meshes with with yeah. Roosevelt or any of the other receivers. One of the I was talking to Mike Eden from the, the safety, and he mentioned on special teams that Zach Claris has an impact on special teams. I thought was kind of weird, but he says, "Well, Zach's out, the, the drives are longer, so they have so many guys that play defense and special teams they get a longer rest. So mm-hmm. now Zach's got a sustained offense that gives the special teams a bit of a longer break than going two and out and heading back on. Yeah, the covering field. a punt and then staying out yeah. and playing defense and defense. So now, so that's. Maybe that's a reason, part of the reason. Like it's Craig Dickinson. I think we can always say Craig Dickinson's an absolute, a legitimate genius that's for coaching special teams. That helps too. But maybe Zach being on the field with these mm-hmm. sustained drives is well, Look at the game teams. against Cal- the second game against Calgary here. The Riders scored one offensive touchdown. It was after getting the ball on the 30 yard line, thanks to a forced fumble by, yeah. guess who, Charleston Hughes. But the Riders did put 26 points on the board offensively that day and, and and five of the six field goals were after significant drives by the riders it weren't, wasn't like they were just gifted the ball on the 40 30 yard line they did move the ball on those drives yeah. and mm-hmm. the offense didn't get touchdowns to to show for them but they did get points and they did devour time and so that i think that yeah. underlines your point or the one that mike eden was making and maybe also comes back to the the original topic of discussion which was you know is that enough offensively for this team to win at the ultimate level. How long can Brett Lather keep it up? That that's the question about the sustained drives. Uh, like he's he's playing lights <laughs> out right now and that, how many 43 yard field goals? I, know, his, I want to count. Coming. 40, it's always that's 43. His, that's his wheelhouse, eh? Yeah. yeah. They, must, does, they should yeah. play Converse for the 43. Yeah. Yeah. Like we all Medlock's one of the money guys around there too and and Calgary's pretty predis, but just Blathers. They keep wondering he, does he have the confidence? He has the confidence to do it. He has the confidence, right? Does Ryder Nation have the confidence in him? Why shouldn't they? I yeah, know. He's, he's proven great. he can yeah, do it. I think and so. he just, it's just, and he's, you know, we mentioned that guy, he's a CFL story, kicked around for a long, long time. Nobody wanted him. Nobody seemed to do it. He was kicking balls to his family back in Nova Scotia. And Trial Campania gets hurt, and this guy steps up. It's mm-hmm. just an, a, an amazing story, and good for him. You always kind of like those kind of stories in the CFL. So um, can we talk about the weekend games on the CFL? Though I think we'd be amiss if well, that Calgary Edmonton game was the whole terrific. weekend was the Montreal winning. I didn't I didn't get to watch as much. Even Montreal kicking it off by winning on a Friday night, and mm-hmm. just the Calgary game was so much fun. The and then you know the Tiger Cats game Toronto that was fun to watch to the end. And just it was a good 
CFL weekend on TV, people talk about, especially with the NFL comes out now, everyone rags on CFL playing games on Sundays and whatnot. But the CFL put out a product this weekend I think they should be very proud of. And it was fun to watch. It was a good weekend to just waste in front of the TV. Mm-hmm. This may sound funereal, Chris, but do you have any final thoughts? Oh, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I will say, I will say uh, again, as the Bomber fan, ding, keeping track on the yeah. side of the table, the is that if, if, uh, if Winnipeg doesn't win, then, then this, this is the beginning of the spiral. We may be, we, we may very much be talking Chris Strelever, you know, two or three weeks down the road that if they can't, you know, if they can't put, put together not only the back-to-back this weekend, but also, you know, winning two of their next three, uh, they are looking at next year territory, I think. Murr? Ozark is awesome. The second season was well worth wasting my whole time binge watching. I know it's a Netflix reference, but if you're looking for good entertainment, it's not football. It was a great way to spend the weekend. Whatever uh, happened to the great sports names? Remember Danny Ozark, the manager? <laughs> Phillies? No, I don't no. remember that. No. Ozark, Rob, Van, Rob Van Stone's a good sports name, I uh, think. So. Rather geologic, but yeah. that befits my age, I guess. Somebody asked me the best sports nickname, and I still, to this day, stay with Mordecai Three Finger Brown. <laughs> <laughs> oh geez um which fingers did he have he actually lost he lost uh, part of his index finger and part of his i think his middle finger in a threshing accident and mm. turned he was into, a pitcher he was a pitcher and he was quite good <laughs> i uh i will always like well, there's two uh booby clark booby oh, yeah. clark's a great one yeah. and there was booby miles from booby friday, miles. Night from, uh, friday night lights and moody jackson I've never heard of another Moody before. I like Mookie Wilson. Mookie Wilson's and there's Mookie Mitchell down the road. And I had a cat you had a cat named Mookie, Mookie too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Mookie will always be a warm spot in our heart for the well, for, for Mookie McCormick and Three Fingers <laughs> Hodges. I, I'm I have them. You hold them up, Chris. Show them all. They're all here. Got They're all here. I'm uh, Moody Vanstone, and you may be Moody after watching this or enduring it. Thanks for your time. We might do this again tomorrow or next week if you'll still have us. Take care. <laughs>